Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Guys, we're progressing right along. We are really moving rather quickly through the Gospel of Luke. What we're going to do is, is we're going to look today at an amazing event that happened with Jesus' resurrection. Because what you're going to see happening today in this passage, we're going to look at two guys who were traveling away from Jerusalem on their road to a place called Emmaus. And they're downhearted. Their hopes have been crushed. What they wanted to see happen didn't happen. Or at least they think it didn't happen. And what we're going to see in this passage is, really, to be honest with you, and some of you maybe need to hear that today, is the heart of God. The heart of God for us. So let's look at this together. We're going to look at verses 13 through 35, and we're going to notice an unusual road trip. Let's look together. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was that while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. He said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you are having with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happened in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. And yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets had spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Then they drew near the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would not have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass that as They sat at the table with him, that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, 
And while he opened the scripture to us. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that happened on the road, how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these verses today. We've got a big section of verses here. We're basically going to divide them into two sections. We're going to see, first of all, hopelessness. I think that's a good word to describe where these two guys are at. We're going to talk about where they're at. We're going to look at, from the text, what's going on with their life. I think we can relate to them. And then we're going to see the one who brings hope. So as we enter into this text today, here's the reality. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what you're facing. I don't even know what your attitude is towards God. But the chances are that maybe you're here today, and there's possibly someone here, or maybe somebody's here, who are in the midst of hopelessness. You're in the midst of discouragement. You expected God to do one thing, and it didn't happen that way. In fact, the whole world turned upside down, and it went far farther than you ever thought it would be, and you're discouraged. You might even be angry. And so what we're going to see is, is that, you know what? That's part of human life. But what we're going to see is that there is a God who brings hope. So we're going to see that out of our text today. So let's look, first of all, hopelessness. Look with me at verse 18. They're traveling on the road, so they're discussing the events that happened. What events, George? Well, they were there to see Jesus, whom they follow, get crucified, get declared innocent three times, end up still being crucified. Everything that they hoped for disappear. And now they're basically heading somewhere else. They're heading away from Jerusalem to a place called Emmaus, which was seven miles away. So they're having a discussion about the trauma that's happened. And and you and I understand that, right? If you have something, if the shoe drops in your world and everything is falling apart in your world, what do you talk about? How the Steelers are doing? That might be how your world's falling apart right now. I don't know, okay? I mean, what do you talk about? You talk about... And it seems like all you talk about is what? The terrible thing that happened. So obviously they're talking about it. And the text tells us that, amazingly, Jesus appears to them. Jesus joins them on the road. Now, they can't see who he is. They don't know who he is. But he joins them on the road. And he asks the question, what's, what's this conversation you guys are having? What are you talking about here? And I want you to notice how they respond. The first response, we see it in verse 18. Look with me what it says. They say this, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happened in these days? What's going on here? They had become cynical. They had become cynical. Natural reaction, folks. When you believe something so much, when you trust in something so much, and you're hoping for something so much, and everything that you have put your time into and your life into, and in fact, let's let's be be real, folks. These two guys, we don't know who they really are. They're, They're part of the group that followed Jesus. Maybe gave up three years of their life to follow him. Even if they only gave up one year. I mean, they gave up something to follow him. And then to see everything torn away from them by circumstances that are completely out of their control, all that they hope for, just get crushed out from underneath them. 
the natural human reaction is, I'm not going to trust in anything anymore. You become cynical. In fact, we don't even like the word cynical. We become, reality is, we, become, we, we like to say, we become realists. You ever heard somebody say that? I'm a realist. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, you know, I'd like to believe this stuff happens, but I deal with human beings all the time. I'm a realist. And so we become cynical. You know, we, we like to say, cynic is written on our forehead. And this is what the guys are. It's like, hey, where you been, dude? Don't you know what's been happening? You mean, what do you mean what are we talking about here? Don't you know everything that we believed in and trusted in is crushed? And we become cynical. Here's the reality, folks. You ever, you ever talk to somebody who's angry with God? I have. You ever, maybe you are somebody who's angry with God. You know, the reality is, is that they say at the heart of all anger towards God is this. You want to write this down. At the heart of all anger towards God is a hope that's been crushed. A dream that has not been fulfilled. And disappointment with him. You want me to say that again? I'll say it again. At the heart of all anger towards God is a hope that has been crushed, a dream that has not been fulfilled, and disappointment. Did you know what I'm saying? I think we can all relate to that because we're all there. You know, I'll just be honest with you. I'm a pastor. I've been pastoring now for 20 years. I've been pastoral ministry for 20 years. And when I got out of seminary, I, I, I was naive. What do you mean, naive, George? Well, you know, I, I was really wet behind my ears about church and about church people and everything. And, and, and I had these visions that it was all going to be wonderful. From here on, we're going to see people getting saved and, and marriages being saved and, and, and everybody doing great and wonderful. And, and, and you know what? After 20 years, I'm a cynical person. Because that's all wonderful until you deal with human beings. And not everybody gets saved. And not everybody gets over their addiction. And not everybody's marriage gets healed. And not everybody's kids do right. And you become cynical. Because your hope gets crushed. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about for me as a pastor. What is it in your life where you get disappointed with God about something? Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe you were really hoping for something. We have a song that our band sings. That I, that I think is really great is even if, even if the healing doesn't come. We don't like to deal with that. We sing the songs, we hear the reality of the words, we know that the reality of the words is right, but we really don't like the possibility that God doesn't heal everything. Do you know what I'm saying? And when we put our hopes and our trust in something so much and it doesn't happen, We become cynical. That's where these guys are at. They become cynical. Here's what else they have. Verse 19, they just express it. Verse 19 through 21, they tell, they tell the stranger who's Jesus what's going on. They said, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we, look at what he said, but we were hoping... We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. What's going on? Their hopes were crushed. Their hopes are crushed. 
I mean, they gave of their lives. They gave of themselves. They really thought that he was the one, that this Jesus was it. So they become cynical. Their hopes are crushed. Here's what else. Look at verse 22 to 24. And yes, certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Here's the other thing that happens when you're in the state of hopelessness. Here's what happened to them. They had become blind to God's hand. What, George? Here's what happens. You put your trust and your hope in something. You believe something so strongly. And then it does not happen. You are crushed. You become cynical. A realist. A cynic. Your hopes are crushed. And here's what happens. You're so focused and wrapped up in your disappointment in your world that you no longer see the hand of God. It's like, what can I believe in anymore? I mean, listen to the way they're saying it to him. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, it's the third day now. You know, our hopes are crushed. It's the third day. And, and certain of our women came from the tomb. You know, they were going to go there and wrap his body up and do finish up the burial process. And they came back and they said they saw angels. And the angels said he's alive. And, and you know, we even went to the tomb and the tomb was empty. And it's just like they said, but we didn't see him. And it's like they're kind of like giving a news report here. It's not really affecting them. What's going on here? Disappointment can rob you of the reality of being able to see God in your life. You know what I mean? Because you're a cynic. That can't possibly be true anymore because he, he disappointed me here. He didn't do this. How could he be here for me now? That's reality. We can relate to these two guys, can't we? Can we not? We can relate to them because that's what happens in our lives. We get disappointed. We get crushed. We get angry with God. Let's just go ahead and say it. It's the elephant in the room. We get angry with God because he didn't do what we thought he should do. But then notice now the one who brings hope. This is why I told you that this is such an amazing story. Because this story, my friends, reveals the heart of God. That he cares for us and loves us. This is what's so radical to me. That even in the midst of my anger and my hurt and my pain, there's God. And look at what happens. I think the first amazing thing we see in verse 15. Let's just back up. Back up even before the conversation. Look at verse 15. And so it was while they conversed and reasoned. Look at what it says there. Underline this. That Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Wow. First thing I want you to see about the one who brings hope. Jesus draws near to them. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, they're blown away. They're cynical. They're crushed. They're even, they don't even talk to him nicely. If you read what's going on here and the way they talk to him, it's almost like, what are you, some kind of idiot? Don't you know what's going on around here? They're not talking nicely to him. 
They're not being sweet and wonderful. But he takes the initiative. God takes the initiative. Jesus takes the initiative and draws near to them, even though they don't know that he's there. Do you realize that? The text very clearly says they don't have any clue it's him. He draws near. He draws near. You've got to grasp that reality. Here's what else. Listen. Here's what else. Look with me. Let's continue on. Verse 25 to 27. Look at what he says there. Then he said to them, okay, they told him all their cynical, down in the mouth, disappointment, their crushed hopes, they're blind to the reality. Look at what he says to them, verse 25. Oh, foolish one, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scripture, the things concerning himself. Here's what I want you to see. He helps them to understand. He helps them to understand. This is the one who brings hope. Here's, you know, our first and natural reaction is this. When, when disappointment happens and we get cynical and we get disappointed with God, our first natural reaction is, well, I ain't got nothing to do with you no more. I don't want to have nothing to do with you no more. And we run away and we don't ever talk to him. He's the one who helps you to understand. He's the one who helps you to process it. Now, how can he help you to process it? Because I'm mad at him. Well, he knows you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He knows you. He knows you better than anybody else. He knows how you're wired. He made you. So he gets to the heart of the issue when you talk to him. See, we like to say, well, I'm mad at you. I'm not talking to you anymore. That's how we are. But you know what? The only way I'm going to process this and understand, God, why did you allow this to happen is to talk to him about it. To talk to him about it. Here's the other thing. Verse 28 to 31 is awesome. If you look at that scripture, here's what it says. He revealed himself to them. He revealed himself. Wow. And you know what? He'll reveal himself to you. Now, what do you mean, George? I'm going to be in my room, and it's dark, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and the bathroom's calling, and there's Jesus? No, it's not like that, folks. But he will make himself known to you. Whether it's bringing peace in the midst of a crisis, whether it's all of a sudden your eyes open up and you realize that he's been directing things in your life and taking care of you. You realize things. And it's like you have an aha moment. It's like, oh, you are there, God. You you do care for me. It's, it's those moments. He reveals himself to you. He, he reveals himself that he cares for you and loves you. But you've got to be seeking it. And then you're blown away. You're blown away. 
by the reality of God in your life. Here, I'm going to you mark this down. I, 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 I really believe this. And, and you might say, well, I don't know if I believe what you're going to say. Well, that's fine. Listen to what I'm saying, and whether or not you believe that's up to you. But the fact of the matter is, is if you genuinely seek God, he will be found by you. Bottom line, that's biblical. If you genuinely seek God in your life, I, even in the midst of your anger and in your despair and your disappointment at him not doing what you thought he should do, he didn't heal that loved one that you thought he should heal. He will be found by you. You will find him. He will reveal himself to you. But the problem is most of us give up too quickly. You know what I'm talking about? We give up too quickly. Do you know what I mean? Don't go the easy route. And that's what some of us do. That's our natural tendency, isn't it? The path of least resistance. I'm telling you, don't give up looking for God. Don't give up. You've got to pursue him. But he will be found by you. He will be found by you. Here's what else. He restores their hope. I mean, can you picture it? They finally make it to where they are. They say, hey, come on in and have a meal with us. And, and he's there and he, he gra- takes the bread and he breaks it. And then they realize immediately it's Jesus. He reveals himself. And then he disappears. And guess what they did? They got back on the road and headed back to Jerusalem. We're like, hey, we just saw Jesus. He's alive. Do you think their hopes were crushed now? No. you think their disappointment was still there? No. He restored hope. Did you understand? Here's the thing, folks. You've got to seek after him. Maybe you're disappointed. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're hurt. And, and, and you're like, you don't understand. Well, you know what? You've got to connect with him. He'll help you to understand. He may not reveal everything. He may not tell you exactly why everything happened. But the reality is, is that you get close enough to him. You see him. He restores hope in you to cling to for the future. That's reality. That's Jesus. You say, okay, George, wow, how do we we wrap this up? How do we take what happens to these two guys and and bring us to where we're at right now? Well, here's the message. Here's, Here's the question. Have you given up hope in Jesus? Have you? I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's keeping you up at night. I don't know what's eating your lunch. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we can get so consumed with things. That's all we think about. We, we even put the music on it. We think the song's singing about what we're real dealing with. You ever been there? With that? I've been there. Turn that stupid station off. I, didn't, I wanted to get my mind off of it. They're singing about it now. And it was a Christmas song. Do you know what I mean? How we can make things 
talk about our problem? Here's, here's the reality, folks. I don't know what it is that you're going through, but my question is, is how are you responding to it? Have you given up on him because you feel like your hope is crushed? Your dreams have not been fulfilled? You're disappointed? I mean, that's not something, that's not something you think about just in a moment like this, although some of you can maybe come to a conclusion that quick. That's something you've got to mow over in your mind. All these questions I give you at the end of these messages are not for just the instantaneous response. These are things for you to think on. Have you given up hope? Here's the reality. Where's your reaction driving? Where's it driving you? Where is it driving you? The reaction's got to be, I mean, the disappointment and the hurt, and if you've given up on hope in Jesus, it's driving you somewhere. You're in the passenger seat. Somebody's driving you somewhere. It's either driving you to God or it's driving you away from Him. There's no in-between. There's no rest stop. Where's it driving you? That's something to think about. You can't answer that in just a moment. That's something to mull over. Where's the driving? We say, okay, George, well, what do we do about it then? Well, here's your action point. Make the decision to seek Jesus in your life and act on it. Make the decision to seek Jesus in your life and act on it. Because you and I can make decisions and not do anything about it. Oh, yeah, I'll seek after him. And not do nothing. You you have to make the decision. I'm going forward with you, Lord. I don't understand what happened. I don't understand why I went through this. I don't understand why you let that happen. But, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And you act on it. You, you, you go forward. You say, Lord, help me. Guide me. Direct me. You move forward. I think every one of us here can relate, can we not? You know what I mean? Every single one of us here can relate. So let me just say this real quick. If you're here and you're in the midst of disappointment, it's okay. You are not abnormal. You do not have a wart on your forehead. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's why. You're human. You're human. And do you not think he understands that? He understands far better than we do. That's why he draws near to you. Aren't you glad for that? So make the decision and act on it. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.